Watt here coming to you live on a Monday night. I'm in Caldwell, Ohio, finishing up a two-and-a-half-week two tour of the eastern states leading up to the Ohio Beef Expo. Going to be heading down to Dave Huck tomorrow morning and then uh, making a few stops on our way up to Columbus, meeting the crew from back in Iowa at the Ohio Beef Expo. Uh, starting on Thursday, we'll have uh, our booth in the genetic pathway. So, as we lead up to the Ohio Beef Expo this weekend, I just thought it would be a good time to bring on some of the, the progressive breeders and influencers in the state. And uh, tonight I'm joined by Greg Sharp of uh, Northeast Ohio. Greg has uh, a long history in the, in the business, and he's raised some great ones, including the Kansas City American Royal Grand Champion in, was it 2013, Greg? Yes, 2013. Yes, sir. So, um, could you just, for a brief moment, tell the audience about your family and uh, your background and show cattle how you got to where you are today? Okay. Uh, family, I'm married to my wife, Kristen. Uh, I've got four kids, uh, two boys, two girls, Max and Mitchell are the boys, and Kyla and Kira are the girls. Um, I actually did not grow up uh, showing cattle. Um Dad had a dairy farm, and we dairy farmed some as I was growing up. Um, when I He sold the dairy cows there when I was a sophomore in high school and went back. He was administrator at the high school I went to. and um, So when he sold the cows, the farm was sitting there, and we were doing a little bit of crop farming. Uh, went away and caught, played college football. Um, towards the end of my college football career, uh, I bought some cows from Cordell Boss. I bought six cows from Cordell Boss, and I can still remember the group I bought, and that was in 1989. Um, I paid $900 a piece for them, and they were bred heifers and getting ready to calve the next spring. Um, and there was one cow in there that I got along really well with, and uh, sort of I caught the bug from her, I guess. I always sort of had it, wanted to be around them. Um, Really enjoyed playing with the genetics of cattle and genetics of anything. I have a minor in genetics in college, and it's gone from there and taken off from there. You bet. So I don't want to tell your story for you, but uh, one cow that is fresh on my mind, uh, it's a cow that goes a lot of steer pedigrees go back to, whether that be the grandmother or the great-grandmother, uh, is a cow by the name of 138M. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Could you tell the audience where you got her? That's one of your cows, correct? And just kind of the background on her as far as pedigree that we were talking about this morning. Yes, I um, I owned her with Mike Connie and managed her. Uh, she came out of the Throg Martin dispersal, uh, Mark Ray, when they had the Throg Martin dispersal, and Bane Goff actually bought her out of there, and she was the Meyer Angus. Um, and when she came out of the Throg Martin dispersal, and, and Bane made some great ones with her. And she sold at the Ohio Beef Expo, and I don't know the year uh, that that was, she was purchased. Um, but we got her down there at the Ohio Beef Expo, and um, she's done a lot of things. That grand champion at 2013 was directly out of her. Um, but like the mark of any great cow, her daughters are actually probably, some of her better daughters are out producing her. That was a Believe in Me out of 138M shown by Aaron Alliger and sold by Tracy Gretzka. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was sold uh, from right here in Beloit, Ohio, and it went out there and it went to Iowa. 
it actually went to the Iowa State Fair, and it was reserved champions of Iowa Beef Expo and went to the Iowa State Fair, and he won his class, but he didn't get along any further than that, and then he ended up winning the uh, the Royal in 2013. This statement might make you blush, but just in terms of direct progeny and then being the grandmother and great-grandmother and some of these great club calf cow pedigrees, uh, would you consider her the greatest show steer mama of all time? Oh, I've had the, you know, I've been very fortunate to be around Dr. Mike Mims and, and got to see cows like 963 and and uh, 602 and 602G that, that Sullivan's own. And she's definitely a cow that's going to leave her mark in the industry. Um, and I, I do believe that her daughters are probably and granddaughters are going to even end up leaving a bigger mark than her. Uh, she won it in 2013, a steer in Kansas City, and then a get you some. Uh, Nelson England owns a cow now, 1344. I don't know exactly who raised that steer, but Nelson England owns that cow, and that's an Irishman out of 138M, and she just had the Kansas City champion there um, fall before last. I mean, I've got a son that's being uh, shown right now. I actually have two sons out of daughters. One's out of an Irishman daughter, and one's out of an I-80 daughter out of 138M that are uh, have both done their share of winning uh, this year on the show circuit. Um, you know, yep. been grand, been several times top five also. Yeah. Uh, most recently, um, your steer won the uh, Southwest Pennsylvania jackpot. Oh, that, uh, the one that won the block and bridle, the, the grand steer was a, uh, here I am, I-80-138M, and then the, uh, the fifth overall steer was... Um, was out of a, an Irishman, uh, yep. Chill Factor 138. Out. So, so uh, yeah, the Grand Steer was sold by Caldwell and uh, Brandon DeFrank, and good luck to those folks at the uh, Ohio Beef Festival this coming weekend. And uh, moving on in our program here, in 2023, I know that we briefly glanced over a couple of them, but what what three donors, if you had to pick three, would you be uh, most proud of? Or what is your what is your favorite three donor cows uh, in the year 2023? So the ones that I have right now, um, I really uh, I really like the Mariah cow. Uh, she's a Mercedes-Benz Mossy Oak. Um, she was a Denver champion herself, uh, and she produces and has had uh, a lot of steers and right a lot of them have been right there on the edge of, of just being ready to to get that major win, but they've been uh, haven't been able to do it, but won a lot of county fairs. I like 1450. Uh, 1450 or Lolo is a uh, hard whiskey heat wave. Who made who? Uh, this is the first year she's actually been in steer production. She's a little bit of an older cow, but she was used to make females. Um, and she's got, I really like the progeny she has on the ground this year. And I think that cow's got a real bright future. And both of those cows are just really easy to look at. Um, they're both fantastic bovine and good animals. And then the last one would be the 538-1, which is the I-80 daughter. Um, she's never really missed. Uh, and I, her, she's had two here I am steers back-to-back that have done a lot of good things. I, I didn't get to keep track of the one from two years ago. He got lost in the shuffle like happens with some of these show steers and uh, don't know where he ended up being placed 100% for sure. But the one this year is the one that Caldwell and uh, DeFrank and, and I've been able to follow him a little bit and he's doing real well. 
prior to that, um, I only bred her to uh, Here I Am twice is because her Red Rocky daughters uh, were so good. One of those actually topped, I believe it topped, well, I know it topped the black heifer division down at the Donors Unlimited last spring and sold for 20000 as, as a bred heifer. Your 2023 calf crop, even in the snow and the mud this morning, was, uh, you know, one of the more impressive groups of calves that I've seen in my two and a half weeks out on the road, just in terms of depth of quality. Um, can you tell the audience when you'll be selling this group of cattle? Yeah, um, I have a spring pasture sale. Uh, and I sell the, that'll be May 7th, which is a Sunday. Uh, bids have to be in. Uh, there's actually a couple of us over this way. I, I know Dave Huck's also doing the same thing. You said you were going to be there in the morning. And he's got a lot of 138M daughters also. He owned 138M after me, and, and uh, she's really, you know, he's got some really impressive uh, steers down there also and, and females. And his will be the same day. I haven't been able to confirm it for sure. Um, I probably should have done that, and I apologize, but I think Steve Watson was talking about doing the same thing. I don't know uh, if he is or not. And actually, that steer that won the OYC this year uh, that Steve raised was a uh, here I am out of a daddy's money who demand 138M. Mm -hmm. um, so he has some daughters also. This came from Steve this evening, and boy, he I thought it was going to be a 30-minute tour, and I was there for three hours. He's a long-winded <laughs> stuff again. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so uh, just with your past success, and, you know, you have a lot of the top steer traders in the country coming through your, your herd in the spring. Have you ever considered sending your group of cattle to a pasture in South Dakota uh, during the fall sale season to see how they would stack up in terms of sale prey? You consider a lot of things. Um, you know, you don't want to leave a lot of money on the table, but what makes this world go round is, uh, or this business especially, is everybody's got to make money. Uh, you know, I want people to come in here and, and make money off the calves they buy from me. That's what brings them back, and then the, the calves to then be successful. Um, have I thought about doing something like that? Yes. Have I thought about doing uh, something like that over here in Ohio? Uh, yeah. But it sort of seems like in the fall of the year, the traffic sort of shifts and goes west, just like, you know, South Dakota, like you were talking about. So I don't know what something like that would look like, but you kick a lot of things around in your head. But, you know, I, I'm pretty happy with what's going on now and, and how it's working out. And people have been able to make money on my cattle, and, and they've been successful, and, and they keep coming back. And uh, that, like I say, as long as everybody gets to make a little bit of money and the kids get to be successful, you can have good things happen. Yeah. So you said you didn't uh, grow up in the in the show calf game, but um, as you got into it, everybody has a mentor or a role model. Who would you say your uh, biggest influence is? You just were cutting your teeth uh, at the beginning. Right at the beginning, when I was first starting, I tried to do a lot of this on my own. Uh, I did buy that first group of cows from Cordell Boss, and I did talk to him a little bit. But when things probably started getting rolling for me was uh, early, to, right around 2000, um, and that's when I met uh, Dr. Mike Mims down in Texas and uh, listened to what he had to say and listened to uh, and watched what he did uh, and just tried to sit and listen to him and uh, learned a lot of things from him. Uh, you know, I mean, the main thing I probably learned is, is uh, to be real successful in this business you have to have the quality, and your quality starts with the cows. Uh, a lot of them calves will look good uh, for a long time, 
but to pull them through the end from March on or, or from Christmas on or wherever, you've got to have a cow standing behind that. You better have a good cow standing behind that or that calf will not finish the way you want it to finish or that heifer. Yep. So in some of the, yeah, whether it be steers or bulls, some of the best uh, ever have been backed up by some of those best cows. Um, yep. What, uh, I mean, I guess, since we're talking about that, what do you think the best steer you ever raised was? And it could be, you could easily say it was your American World Champion, but maybe it was a steer that actually got beat there accidentally at the end or something like that. Well, I guess the way I want to answer that is I hope I haven't raised the best one yet. Um, <laughs> but I hope we're getting better all the time. And, and to put that in perspective, I guess I can say this. My brother won our county fair in, in 1998. Um, with a total place steer and just a little Columbiana County fair. And, and, but people that saw that steer there said that that steer, you know, could have competed as a division at the state fair. And there's a picture of that steer up in the office. And if you looked at that animal right now and you took him into a show ring, he couldn't be in the top two thirds of a class. He'd be right at the bottom. We've made our cattle that much better. And, and that, that quick, I mean, in, in the 30 years or however long, 25 years and, a calf 20 years ago or 25 years ago can that wins a county fair and might even be a division champion or better at a state fair wouldn't be in the top two thirds of a class now. So I guess what I, I mean that, that that 2013 steer was really good in 2013. I don't think he could compete with the steer that the with either steer the steer that the Randolph girl is is dragging right now for uh, DeFrank and Caldwell or the steer that the Wharton boy is showing uh, for Jeremy Barber. Jeremy Barber purchased one out of here, and, and that's the one that was fit at the block and bridle, and you saw him also. Yeah. So in terms of the best one overall, it, it's probably one of those two because it was the latest because we're making them so much better so quick. A steer that wins Kansas City in 2013, I remember him uh, at the Iowa State Fair. And he was a horse neck gazelle-looking one. Wow. Yeah. Really cream in terms of this. Side profile, really, really good calf, shown by, like I said, Aaron Alger and Larry Alger family. So um, to finish up this deal, we try to make these short as possible just so they're easy to consume. But uh, just asking for your, your knowledge and your history of the state of Ohio, um, do you have uh, a story from the uh, Ohio Beef Expo or the Ohio State Fair that the uh, nationwide audience might not have heard before? Um, well, story from the high State Fair that sticks with me, and I, I think it was the 94 year uh, when they had, and, it, and it's not a good thing to talk about with the high State Fair, but when they came in and they had the problems with the steers and and some, uh, you know, some illegal activities that went on, and that that's right when I was starting into this, and that left a large impression on me. Um, I think eight of the top ten steers got condemned that year, and, and since then, I mean, we've got an extensive drug testing and they go over the animals and you know things are natural now and that that left a huge impression on me not that it's a great impression um but it sure did uh leave an impression and that was I, i'm almost sure that that was 1994 um the other thing about the high state fair that i mean if you go to the high state fair and i go to the steer show every year is, is the amount of quality of cattle that are there and how deep the classes are anymore and like we I talked about earlier, is how good we've made them, and 
and the small, minute details that split straws to get you to the top. In your 30-year career, what is the best bull on display that you've seen at the Ohio Beef Expo? Heat wave. Heat wave. Um, well, that's a pretty good one to start. <laughs> yeah, heat wave was at Ohio. Uh, I don't know what year that was also, but I remember seeing him there. Um, he was a little bit of a smaller calf, but, boy, he was built right and put together right, and he was one you knew you had to use right away as soon as you saw him. And he and he sure left his mark. <laughs> so uh, just for the audience that's new to the game, just describe Heat Wave in terms of his bone feature or his hair quality or his neck design or anything specific. Well, he was – the impact he had on the industry, I mean – is probably going to be as large as any bull ever uh, for the people that remember there and, and the length that he had that impact on the industry. Uh, you know, um, here I am out there now and, and doing sort of the same thing, but that's a, that's a, a grandson of Heat Wave. Um, but Heat Wave, I mean, his neck set, his hair, his bone, uh, his hip, everything about that bull at the time was something we hadn't really seen. He was out, and I hate the term outside the box, but he was above the box. I mean, he was just, he was out there on all boxes that you wanted to check, and, and he ended up breeding like that and carrying on, and I'd even hate to think about how many county fairs and nationals and majors that bull won and sired, and, and like I, I told you there earlier, I, I think one of his um, underrated sides is a lot of his females turned out pretty good. One of my best donors right now is a is a hard whiskey out of a heat wave. That's right. I mean, that's just incredible. Like bulls, like heat wave, and who made who specifically might have been cut just a little bit for being a little bit ill structured to begin with. Uh, over the course of their career, they found that you know that type of cow they worked good on, and and you could make some tremendously good females out of uh, heat wave and who made who and all them top steer bulls eventually. Oh. Every one of the bulls that's left the mark in the industry with steers has also left daughters around that when you figured out what to make them to could also make their mark in the industry. You bet. 100% agree with you. So uh, thank you very much. This has been a fascinating podcast in terms of uh, the ground that we've covered. And uh, look forward to seeing everybody that's coming to the Beef Expo this weekend. And thank you for joining us, Greg. Uh, just to finish this deal up, I'm going to read your um, – Phone number for anybody listening that does want to make the trip out to Northeast Ohio, uh, Greg Sharp, 330-206-5417. And you live at what town? Beloit, Ohio. Beloit. Beloit, it's right Ohio. Between Young, yeah, right between Youngstown and Canton. You bet. We stayed five minutes south of the Pro Football Hall of Fame last night. So yep. that was a lot of fun. I wish we'd come during a weekday and, and uh, been able to walk through that museum. Never been there before, so... Thank you very much, Greg, and we'll see you this weekend maybe, okay? Okay, yep. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.